Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Now and Then with Brad and Isaiah. This is just Isaiah. Hey, what's up? Uh, bonus episode coming at you. Pew, pew, pew. Um, you know, just hanging out. Had time, of course. Had some news, of course. Uh, so I got, you know, San Labi on, uh, on mute right now. Figured I'd pew, pew, lay it at you. Um, so let's get started. Uh, Texas doctor um, is sued after admitting to violating state's new abortion law. So this is kind of a little bit of an update on where we're kind of at with uh, the Texas abortion stuff. Uh, this is going to be the first case where it's going to be kind of put into practice or, you know, tried. Um, the doctor is Alan Braid, I believe is his name. Uh, like at least in terms of pronunciation. Um, he is a physician uh, from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, he performed it five days after it was put into place. Um, pretty much after that, a uh, the plaintiff, uh, Oscar Stilly, uh, he then called the doctor. And um, let's see, I know I have a quote here somewhere. Uh, let's see. Uh, plaintiff on the morning... On September 20th, 2021, placed a call to the office of the defendant to inquire whether or not defendant might repent of his ideology as well as his deeds and agreed to never perform another abortion contrary to the enactments of the Texas legislature in general and the requirements of Senate Bill 8 in particular. The complaint reads, um... So he did not agree. Um, and so now it's going to be going to trial. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. If, uh, Bray, uh, Braid also has a quote here, too. Uh, for me, it's, it is it is 1972 all over again. Uh, he was talking in reference to the Texas abortion law. Um, now, the weird also wrinkle with this is Stilly is is in jail he's on house arrest um but pretty much for him he is requesting that uh braid pay a hundred thousand dollars and that he gets his cut which is a ten thousand dollar bounty um so let's see what is this charge uh he's serving his 12th year um of a 15 year federal sentence of tax evasion and conspiracy charges um and he does kind of have a quote here, too, at the end of it. Um, let's see. Um, if the law is no good, why should we have to go through a long, drawn-out process to find out if it's garbage? So pretty much, I mean, I think this is the kind of guy who kind of knows. He's peeping the scene. He's saying, hey, there's money to be made. And, um, you know, let's just roll the dice on this trial and see what happens. And, yes, that's kind of fucked up, you can say, or not from a moral perspective. But this is just a man in Texas, you know, doing what the law is allowing. And I think it's really shitty that the law is allowing it in the first place. So, you know, hopefully in the process of this whole thing, this, um, you know, this physician doesn't wind up having to pay for doing what his job is, you know. Um, but we'll see. We'll hopefully try to keep you posted on that. Uh, we got some COVID news, a little double dose. <laughs> uh, but pretty much they are going to... Um, or, well, Pfizer is saying that the COVID-19 vaccine is safe for uh, kids 5 to 
11. So pretty much their data is now compiled and they're saying, hey, um, well, there's a quote, got you here, coming at you. Uh, we are eager to extend the protection afforded by the vaccine to this younger population. Subject to regulatory authorization, especially as we track the spread of the Delta variant and the substantial threat it poses to children. Um, so, I mean, just with the spike of cases and things like that, naturally kids are going to school. Um, it's just, it's been a big concern, naturally, that um, what are we going to do if they can't be immunized? And so that's why the mask mandates have been such a hotly debated thing. So, you know, hopefully with this data that we have, have available, you know, we can get that okay and approved and, um, you know, more people can get vaccinated in general. I think that's going to be great. I think that is a goal that we should still be pushing towards and focusing on, um, you know, despite what anti-vaxxers might say and think. Um, I think hopefully the majority will kind of rule there and hopefully more people will be getting their children vaccinated, you know, um, in that age range. So. Yay, that. I'm happy for that. Um, also, there has been more news in terms of, like, who's going to be getting the third booster shot. Um, right now, it's, like, definitely a hard end for, like, 65 and up, like, so it's pretty elderly. Um, but the CDC is kind of deferred from the FDA and, um, I believe, what, the ACIP, um, which I have, uh, the... Um, Advi the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. Uh, so pretty much it's just a little bit of a difference. And they're saying, hey, if you're an at-risk, you should probably be taking the vaccine, uh, the third dose. Um, and also, um, I believe for um, like health conditions, like if you know you're immune compromised and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's still a bit divisive though. I believe it was nine to six in terms of saying against that recommendation. But I mean, there's still six people saying, hey, we should be doing this. Like, it does make sense to do it. Um, but we'll see. You know, we'll definitely be keeping you posted. Um, let's see. Um, I believe I have a quote from, what is it, Walensky? Um, which I believe is a doctor who was weighing in. One of the, he's a CDC director, sorry. Um, so as CDC director, it is my job to recognize where our actions can have the greatest impact. At CDC, we are tasked with analyzing complex, often imperfect data to make concrete recommendations that optimize health. In a pandemic, even with uncertainty, we must take actions that we anticipate will do the greatest good, Walensky said in a statement. Um, so pretty much, I mean, I, I get that there's also a prevailing theory here, too, that, yes, we want to stamp out COVID completely. You know what I mean? But I think people really got in their head that they're like, once we get these vaccines, COVID is just going to disappear. And it's like, no, I mean, this is the first wave in terms of us stopping it is us getting immune, uh, us, you know, getting vaccinated. And then, you know, that really makes it so now we don't all like get it and then wind up in the hospital. It becomes something that's more like a cold instead. Um, and so pretty much they're saying we don't need to necessarily make it so you can't get this disease or you can't get, you know, this, you know, getting your COVID, but we're making it so that you will for sure have a good immunity, immune system against it. Um, you know, obviously I'm not a doctor. This is just me interpreting it and, you know, kind of giving the information back to you like a, like a mother bed. Um, 
but we'll see. I mean, that might change as things go along, as variants maybe pop up. Um, but it, from what I am hearing, uh, that we have kind of hit like the watermark of like the damage that Delta is doing. So hopefully it doesn't continue to peak or anything like that, or like a new resurgence. Um, but we'll see. I mean, there can be a new variant any day, you know, and I know there's, there are tracks some, they have weird names and all that stuff, but, um, you know, we'll keep you posted now and then, you know, we'll keep you in the know as best we can. Um, we also have an update on the Gabby Petito case. Um, also, I wanted to kind of preface, I had found out more information in terms of the, um, the body cam, um, was the conversation incident where pretty much they, the cops had come in saying or thinking like, Hey, okay. Gabby was the one who kind of initiated the domestic um, dispute or incident. And we have to kind of treat it. She put hands on him, but it turns out there was also multiple calls when they were at a um, market together. Like they were yelling, screaming. Apparently he had actually slapped her and they were running and getting into their car and driving aggressively. And then they wound up hitting a curb. And that was part of the reason they got pulled over. And they were trying to explain what had happened, why they were driving erratically and all this stuff. And that snowballs into part of both of their explanations. And there's like, you know, words that he says. And he's kind of like, you know, I hope she doesn't say anything bad about me. And they don't really get into more details. And Gabby doesn't say anything bad about him. She just kind of says a little bit of what she does in the car like kind of slugging him in the arm saying like, Hey, you know, we should have slowed down. We should stop when you were driving crazy, whatever. So there was a little bit of update there. I wanted to add to that, but um, there's been an arrest warrant for Brian Laundry um, issued in Wyoming. Um, so that's a, uh, you know, an update. I believe it is for spending a thousand dollars on um, Gabby's card. So it's like an unauthorized payment so they can get her or they can get him for, um, like a federal kind of crime. Um, so they're still searching for him. The search is still, is still going on. You know, we'll keep you posted if we find any more concrete information. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's, it's for um, fraud related kind of situation. Um, but um, we did also confirm that it was Gabby's body they found. I know that was kind of like a little bit of a question mark, but I could kind of tell by the way that they were angling it. That this is like, this is most likely Gabby's body. So um I wanted to make sure I got that out then. Um, so definitely, you know, a rest in peace to Gabby Petito. Um, I, I And I think some people are kind of like, oh, well, you know, why are we talking about this? Why are we covering this? Well, this is, this is a person who was like a TikTok personality. And I think that did kind of help make it more known. Um, also, you can just call it what it is. It is like definitely the whole, you know, missing white woman, you know, syndrome thing where that uh, case is getting more coverage than sadly literally there was a missing person uh that was also there and i should have actually put this in for the notes and actually talked about it but i missed it um but i did hear it on uh rotten mango they do a uh, great episode uh about it she does um and it's about both gabby and the other person who was missing from the same area um that did not get any coverage um so definitely encourage you guys to check that out um, for a little extra, extra. And also it's a great podcast. Um, but we'll keep posted if we get any more info. Um, let's see what else we got marching along here. Um, also wanted to update on the um, Haitian migrant situation in Del Rio. Um, I also want to smoke a little ganja. Smoking, smoking a ganja. Um, so I'm going to do that. 
I also just want to interject and say I hope you guys are having a good Saturday. I'm having a good one so far. I've been pretty productive today. Um, you know, won't go into too much details. You know me, I like to for the main. But um, it's a good day. It's a great day. All right, back to it. Um, so pretty much just wanted to update. Um, definitely the situation is is a mess, but they have cleared out the camp. Uh, it was filled with 15,000 migrants. Um, I don't know the exact number, but I know they did wind up letting in some pregnant women and certain people into uh, the country to be processed further. Um, but they sent a lot back. Um, I want to say the number was like 10,000 or less, but the rest, like I said, got sent back. Um, actually, not, yeah, it was like a thousand or less, something like that. It, it was not 10,000. Uh, gosh, I really should have got that number, but you know, I'm bad at this, guys. Ha 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 ha. And some bonus. Y'all don't even y'all don't even listen, no way. But um, you know, pretty much, you know, they're catching a lot of flack um from both sides. Um, I know from the right, people are like, well, why do we let any in anyway? Why is this even being covered in such a negative light? Like they were the people there are just doing their jobs, getting the people who are not legal deported. And then the other side, we're looking at it like there's literally atrocities being committed here. Um, I, I didn't really cover it because I didn't see it yet, but like I wound up seeing just some things where literally like the the people who are on horseback and they didn't have whips, they were horse reins, and they were using them like whips to literally steer and corral people up and away from their camp, up and out and moving along. Um, and these are people who are like getting food, for their family, because they couldn't even get food at that camp, at the area where they were. They had to literally go back into Mexico, get food, and come back. And the thing is, too, like, people are like, well, these are illegals. Why do we care about it? Why is this even a thing? And it's like, well, we literally used a bumfuck law to kick out asylum seekers, which seeking asylum is not wrong. You know, if you were in a war-torn, in a and, and you can say what you will, like, war, Haiti is in a war-torn area. It is a area that is literally under constant arrest, given the situation. A situation that we are very, very much involved in keeping them in, because all we do is throw money at the problem and then say, oh, well, why can't you guys manage this? And it's like, oh, well, there's another hurricane or another thing, so we'll throw you some more money. But we won't let people come in. And, I mean, this is in a buildup, not just for recent stuff, I believe I did mention this in the last uh, bonus episode, where this has been like, you know, since the last, like earthquake about 10 years ago. So it's it's not something that is just some brand new problem that's coming out of nowhere. It's a buildup, you know? And um, I feel like how we deal with immigration is still a problem, whether it was Donald Trump or whether it's Joe Biden. I think it's uh, definitely a big highlight in terms of what we still need to work on. Um, and I feel like it shouldn't be a bipartisan issue to be kicking out people. Um, but the uh, the method that they used to implement all this was Title 42. And also just kind of backing up with like, well, hey, you know, it's a health risk, um, you know, especially with COVID. So we're making sure that all these people are processed or they're COVID free and um, we're sending them on their way, AKA to be processed and mostly to get sent back to their country that doesn't even have an airport to take them, I believe, or at least, you know, 
it's not really safe. And like, you know, they're still recovering and doing the best they can under the last recent, you know, hurricane storm that they've been going through. So, I mean, um, the situation is uh, seeming to be kind of concluded. I don't know. Maybe it might make more headlines, more talk, um, especially in terms of like, you know, is there going to be any like prosecution to the people who got, you know, who are, you know, pretty much whipping and assaulting migrants? Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but you know what? I want to end on kind of a semi-positive note, I guess. But I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Jeopardy, you know, back on, back at it. Um, no Mike Richards. Um, I kind of missed this. I'm pretty sure I didn't talk about this because uh, it kind of got lost in the shuffle at some point. But Mike Richards is also not only not just hosting anymore. He stepped down from that. He's also not producing anymore. Um, so pretty much, you know, they started off the new thing. If any of you Jeopardy watchers are out there, um, you might have noticed him like on the first episode. I know they got, what is it, Matt um, Amodio? Um, he's on like a winning streak. And I think he was in, like the first episode that he did. There's a little bit of overlap, and then they do like a little bit of a tribute, but now it's like kind of back to guest host. Um, I believe Mayim Bayek is still obviously in the main, and she's doing like guest hosting on like the other spinoff series. Uh, also, Ken Jennings is also alternating too as a guest host. So, um, interesting times at Jeopardy. Um, you know, I'm still not much of a watcher, but I do think it's always a cool thing. It's a nice little nerd trivia thing. I, I'm always like, oh man. Um, I will say, though, <laughs> this has been a new guilty pleasure for me. I'm watching Mogul Moves. Uh, it's a Ludwig thing. I've been kind of, I don't know, getting some other random stuff from Twitch viewing or whatever. Uh, but it's kind of set up in a Jeopardy style. And it's like, you know, Zoomer style questions a little bit. So I'm like, okay, it's kind of flavorful. And, you know, I can maybe get most of these wrong anyway, because I don't know anything. Um but uh, that's pretty much wrapping it up for me. Um, just wanted to lay out some stuff for you. Uh, we'll be coming at you with another episode sooner than later. Um, but check us out. Uh, we got a Patreon if you want to get a shout-out action. Uh, you can give us some money. We'll shout your name out. Um, now and then podcast or patreon.com. I don't know. Switch them around. Figure them out. It's kind of a little special treat. Not only it's hard to pay us. not easy. <laughs> um, we also got an Instagram uh now and then podcast um and then now brad now underscore brad that's facebook twitter respectively so we're on all the socials if you want to talk to us mingle with us uh now and then podcast gang at gmail.com uh if you want to send us an email for some feedback you know a little intimate you know a little 90 style um also hit the bell for the spotify uh rate us however you like on apple podcast um I wish I could say I'm getting the hang of this, but I'm just too lazy to ever actually really get the reins. Um, but until next time, guys, have a good one. Uh, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I love you.